Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello and welcome to Calvary Live. This is the radio call-in show where you can call with your questions about the Bible, uh, about God, about religion, or cults. Um, If you've got prayer requests or things that you would like to um, just discuss with somebody, we'd love to talk with you today. So um, I am Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Church in Vail, Colorado, and I'm guest hosting today, filling in for Pastor Ed. Uh, I used to host uh, weekly on this program on Mondays uh, several years ago, but haven't been able to do it much recently, so I'm excited to be back with you guys today. Um, If you'd like to call in, if you want to chat, if you have questions, if you uh, need prayer for something, we'd love to have you um, call us today or text. You can call at 303-693-3000. That's the number to call in. We've got open lines right now. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. I would love to chat with you. Or if you have a question that you would like to text in today, you can text the phone number 720 336-0897. Three three six zero eight nine seven. That's to text in a question or a prayer request. Once again, that is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And uh, as I said before, I am Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Church in Vail, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel church, and uh, uh, Pastor Ed, who usually hosts on Wednesdays, is a good friend of mine, and I'm blessed to kind of fill in for him today. Um, so. As we get into our time today, once again, please feel free to call in or text in with any questions. I was just thinking about um, the message that I gave at church this past week, talking about uh, fear and love. And really, the the text that we have been in is the book of 1 John, and we got to verse uh, 17 and 18 in 1 John chapter 4 uh, in church this past week, and I just thought I would kind of share with you some of these uh, scriptures and then really where the Lord led us in our um, study on Sunday. So this is what it says in 1 John chapter four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So I'll read that again. 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And, um, just thinking about the fact that when we have received and rested in the perfect love of God, there's no room for fear in our lives. There's no room for um, fear of people, for fear of the future, um, because the love of God takes fear's spot in our hearts and in our lives. And so um, I think this is just a, a truth that many of us don't really grasp, but because if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us live with a constant state of low-level fear, worry, anxiety, stress, however you want to phrase it or put it. I think that most of us, if we're honest, we would say, yeah, I deal with 
fear and anxiety on a constant basis. Now, when I'm talking about fear and anxiety today, I want to clarify, I'm not talking about um, people who deal with a diagnosable anxiety condition uh, that maybe need to be getting some form of um, special counseling or medication or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about right now, but just the stuff that we all deal with. Um, that, that fear is a constant in many of our lives. <laughs> in fact, I was even looking at some of the different uh, types of fear that are out there. Um, and I found some of the kind of interesting ones online as I was Googling different types of fear. And I'm going to butcher all of these names, but I'm going to try to say them anyways because it'll be for your amusement. So syngenesophobia is fear of your relatives. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that some of us can probably identify with that fear of our relatives, right? Um, there's another one that's called papaphobia. That is fear of the Pope. <laughs> okay. Now, the Pope is kind of a scary figure with his hat and all of those things, uh, especially if you're a little kid. Uh, there is xanthophobia, which is fear of the color yellow. That's interesting. Um, there is globophobia, which is fear of balloons. Um, this one I thought was pretty interesting. Anatideophobia, which is fear of being watched by a duck. <laughs> okay. Now, we can kind of laugh at those things and think, oh, man, those are silly fears. Uh, but the reality is that we all deal with fear and anxiety on some level. We're all kind of living under this stress. Um, and whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of being hurt by someone or a fear of being alone, fear of rejection, um, maybe anxiety over your finances or your relationships or maybe a fear that God isn't really on your side or doesn't actually care about your life. Um, and really, when it comes down to it, fear is not trusting God. It's not trusting God to be who he says he is and do what he says he will do. And we start to think, well, what if God's plan for me doesn't include the things that I really want for my life? But see, when we're resting in the love of God, allowing God's love to fill and permeate our hearts, perfect love casts out fear. Because see, when we're living in fear, it involves torment. We're expecting the worst to happen, expecting judgment or expecting bad things. But when we are resting in the love of God, his love casts fear out of our hearts. I mean, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so fear is not only the opposite of faith, I think fear is like faith put in the wrong spot. In fact, if you wanted to take it a step further, I think you could even say fear is faith in the enemy. It's me choosing to trust Satan over God. Uh, when all through scripture, we see this heart that we can trust God as our father. We can trust that he is for us, that he will bring good things for us, that he will do what he says he will do. So um, I hope that you can just be encouraged by that, that thought that when we rest in God's love, he casts fear out of our hearts. He changes it. He moves it out of our lives. Um, and maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've got something going on in your life that you're dealing with fear or anxiety over. Um, if that's you, man, we'd love for you to call in and we'd love to pray for you and talk with you about it. Um, once again, if you'd like to call today, the phone number is 303-690-3000. Um, you can call us at that phone number, 303-690-3000. Or you can text the phone number 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text seven two zero three three six 
1-800-273-0897. Would love to uh, answer any questions you may have or chat with you today. Um, then kind of even taking it to the next level, okay, well, how do I cast that fear onto God and, and, and allow his love to cast that out of my, out of my heart? Because that's, that's where we rest. We rest in that spot of worry and stress, right, and anxiety. And how do we actually get rid of that fear um, in our lives? There's an exchange that takes place, and we see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And this is a really important uh, section of Scripture to get. It says in, in Philippians 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Now, that command by itself is really not very comforting because it's just like telling somebody, hey, don't be anxious. Hey, you know, don't be afraid. But if it stopped there, that would be kind of a bummer. But then it gives us this incredible context and this direction after that. It says, be anxious for nothing, but, so rather than dwelling on anxiety, instead do this, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means it doesn't make any sense, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so there's an exchange that takes place. You allow the love of God to take root in your heart. And then when you feel those moments of anxiety rising up, you say, I'm going to choose instead to pray right now. And I'm going to give my thanks to God. And I'm going to worship God in spite of my fear. And then what happens is he takes your fear and he gives you the peace of God, which doesn't make any sense. It's the peace that when you looked at your circumstances, it's like, I don't know how I could possibly have peace right now, but I do because God is giving it to me. So that's the exchange that he wants to do with you to, to, to change your fear, your anxiety, your worry for his peace. So I'm going to take a quick look here at the text line and see if we've gotten any that have come in. Um, once again, if you'd like to call us today, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, to call 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. So here is our first um, prayer request that has come in. Please pray for my friend whose sister is having very serious surgery this Saturday. Okay, so uh, someone's having a, a really serious surgery coming up this Saturday. Let's take just a moment together and pray for them. So if you're listening in right now, would you just uh, agree with this prayer as we lift this person up uh, to the Lord? Father, we come before you and we just pray for this person who's having a serious surgery this Saturday, Lord. I pray that you would have your hand upon them. I pray that you would give wisdom to the doctors and direct their hands uh, skillfully as they perform this operation. I pray that this would be um, just a complete success, Lord, and that you would bring healing uh, in and through and after this surgery as well. And so we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Looks like we got the line starting to fill up, um, but you still can call in. And so if you'd like to call, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And so uh, I would like to start with line one, Donald. Donald, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a first-time caller. I always listen to you. I'm always listening to that channel and to the pastor there. Uh, I do it going to work, and I do it uh, uh, when I'm uh, home or whenever. That's where my channel is set. That's awesome. That's that's I great. do a lot of praying going to work, too. 
That's good. That's a, that's a great way to do it. I, you know, I have about a 25 minute commute in, uh, to where I office out of. And so I like to pray yeah. or listen to, listen to the Bible or different things like that. It's a great way to do it. So Donald, where are you calling from? Uh, Vega, Texas. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for calling in today. Uh, what can we do for you? Well, you know, I, I recently got married. Uh, uh, I, I married twice. I got married in uh, uh, Valentine's Day a couple of years ago, and this come on my second. This going to be my second uh, year being married. And uh, during that time, my wife lives over there, and we have a place over there. So it's their standards of living, but uh, uh, they got hit with such a typhoon over there. It destroyed the island pretty well. I mean, and they're trying to rehab for it. I just want to pray for the people over there that uh, the Lord lay his hands in that country to heal them. The uh, process of healing and uh, uh, making them uh, put, put spiritual hands on that country to heal it up. From the vi- not only the virus, but all the uh, stuff they're going through during that storm to rebuild the country. Yeah. That's, and my wife said I pray for her because she was there. She was very fortunate. And uh, I'm, always, I'm always praying for the family there. And uh, uh, we sometimes we pray together. We pray together. But we always do it on Skype. I'm trying to get her here. Uh, and customs and uh, with that virus, it made it terrifically hard to get her here. We've been trying to get her here for the last, oh well, last six or eight months. And uh, I just want to be sure, you know, that it's it's just it's, uh, such a horrible thing to happen to him there, you know. And I'm sure you heard about it. So, yeah. So you're talking about the Philippines? Yes, Philippines. That's where my wife is. And okay. uh, uh, it's, it's such a. I've been over there. I've never seen much of the country, but what I've seen, the people work very hard and. Uh, they do an honest, a pretty well honest day's living, yeah. uh, honest day's work, you know. Yeah, So I just absolutely. want to prayers in that country. That, And I also want to pray that uh, the Lord lay his spiritual hands, put his hands on this uh, world that uh, we can eliminate. He can cast out the virus from us and put a healing on the whole world, you know. Yeah. That virus is such bad, you know what I mean? And uh, I see what it can do, and I hear what it can do. So I know the... Uh, uh, the Father in Heaven, He can He can just cast it out. He can do away with it. You know what I mean? And heal the yeah. country, yeah, heal the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Yeah, thanks for calling in. And I think that we would love to pray for those things. So let's um, let's yeah. do that right now. Let's come together before the Lord, okay. Father. We just come before you right now, Father, and we just uh, lift up the Philippines right now, just recovering from this typhoon and um, the destruction that's there, Lord. I, I pray that you would bring provision and aid and help for those people who are in need right now. I pray that you would um, bring comfort for those who are hurting, Lord. I pray um, for Donald's wife, Lord. I pray that you would just bring, be with her and, and protect her and give her comfort right now as she's there. And um, Lord, we just pray that this would turn out for your glory and the good of those who are there, Lord. And we know that that, that is what you want to do, Lord, as you said in Romans 8. Um, that you work all things together for good for those who love you, Lord. So I pray that you would um, just show your goodness in the midst of this destruction that's there. And we lift it up to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also just pray over our world right now, just with um, COVID and all that's going along with it, Lord. We just ask you to step in and to intervene and to, to have your way, Lord. And so uh, we give it to you and we pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We need all the prayers we can get. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's an, uh, never enough prayers, you know. 
No, you can't, and you you can't uh, you can't overwhelm God with prayers either. No. <laughs> so. Well, I know that's, that's true too. I always tell people that when you pray, you know, He knows your needs. You prayed. You don't have to pray over and over and over because He's already got your. He knows what He knows what your prayers are. He knows what you need, and in, in time He will uh, do His healing. You know. It's, yeah. It's, somebody said you need to pray every day. Uh, you ever pray over and over? No, you don't. I know that. I've been a Christian since I was 23. I was born again, so I'm familiar yeah. with that, you know. Yeah. I just try I try to pray when I can, you know. <clears throat> I pray going to work, when I'm in bed, whatever, you know what I mean? So I know, I've seen miracle. I know he'll answer the prayers in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, yeah. thanks for calling in, Donald. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you and, so uh, much. Yeah, thanks for bringing that to our attention to pray about. Okay. Thank, All right. You have a great you day. So okay. You, you too. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. This is Calvary Live. I am Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Calvary Chapel in uh, Vail, Colorado, and blessed to be on the program today, filling in for Pastor Ed. And um, we have a couple lines open still, as well as some room for some text messages. And so if you'd like to uh, call in, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text at 720-336-0897. Once again, if you'd like to call us today, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to line two, Elizabeth from New Orleans. Elizabeth, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. First of all, thank you for taking my call. Um, it's actually twofold, and I'm going to make it very short. Uh, there's a situation at work last year. A co-worker uh, responded to me in a situation that I got, I took offense to. I, my, you know, my, my ire was raised, my feathers were ruffled, and so I responded and I probably, in a way, I shouldn't have. And she and I have not spoken to one another. And I know as a believer that I need to, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that in my life. I don't need that hardness in my heart. Yeah. I don't need that unforgiveness because I was hurt. It was definitely, you know, it's it's a situation where she shouldn't have spoken to me that way. However, I shouldn't have responded the way I did. So part of me, I want to, I want to address it. I don't want to let it go. It's festering. And, you know, when I've tried to, I don't know, her, her attitude with me at work is very, very cold. So the Lord, I believe, wants me to, to, to deal with it, but I feel like she won't respond or she will just ignore me. And I, I just can't. I don't want that. So my prayer is for her heart to yeah. be softened, for wisdom to know when to to address it and what to say. And then yeah. the only other thing I want to add, totally unrelated, is my city is going through a terrible crime wave. I know many are in the country, but in New Orleans we're seeing an upsurge, lots of carjackings. It's, it's really bad. So just prayers for the police and the leaders and wisdom i don't even know how to address that it's it's yeah. overwhelming to me but not for god yeah absolutely yeah i definitely want to pray for that and um pray for your situation with your coworker. now did you say that your coworker is also a believer 
No, she's not. She's not. Okay, yeah. She's not. And it's painful to be there with her because she smiles and laughs and talks with everyone else. But with me, it's total coldness. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Okay. Well, let's definitely pray over this situation. And prayer is one of the biggest things that you can do. Um, as far as how long has it been? It's been like a year, you said, or a year, yes, a year. Okay, okay. I, and I, you know, you need, just need to be led by the Lord in this. But I would say, you know, that this is something where, if you'd like to see some resolution in that, I, I think first in your heart, come into that spot of of letting go of what she said and did in that moment. And I, maybe you've already gotten there. I don't know if you have or not. No, I have not. I'm, I'm, I'm still wrestling with that, but I want to be where the Lord wants me to be. So let me say that. Right. Um, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Well, you know, here's, here's what I would say, Elizabeth, is um, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be talked about. I mean, even as a pastor, I've had people say things about me that weren't true in the community and they spread and, you know, and it's just, <laughs> yeah. it hurts. Yeah. And I know, I know what it feels like to have somebody kind of giving, you know, you a hard time there. I, I also, um, I have learned over my time just that when I'm unable to forgive and move on from something that really I'm the one that ends up hurt, not so much the other person. And right. And, you know, there's an old saying uh, that, that harboring bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart is kind of like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die, you know? Which right, is, right, which is, exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a silly thing to think about it that way, but it, but it really is. And, and, of course, God asks us to forgive for the sake of the other person, but he also does for us. It's, it's for our benefit to forgive because when we're holding on to that, it actually, um, it actually causes hardship for you, you know? Um, and so I would just say that probably the, like, let's pray for her and let's pray for you. Absolutely want to do that. But I think that, um, a good just place for you to start as you move forward with this is, um, to ask the Lord to help you let go of what she said and did and even how she's treated you since then. Right. Because it started there, but it's yeah. kind of it's kind of continued now, um, yeah. and so I think ask him to to help you with that, and then then I, what I would do is when you can when you can just choose to forgive her for that, then I would go and I would actually go and this is biblical and I'll give you the reference here in just a minute, but okay. um, I would go to her and I would not addressing anything that she said or did, okay. But just from your own side of things, I would go and I would say, I felt like a year ago we had a rough interaction and I wanted to apologize for my part in that. Um, And then at that point, whatever she does is up to her, but you have forgiven her in your heart and you've said, you've asked for, you've gone to her and asked for her forgiveness. You at that point are in the clear. And I really think that if nothing else, you will feel so much better um, from that point. And I, I really believe that she will probably respond to you in a really positive way from that. Okay. And the, the, the section of scripture that talks about this is in Matthew chapter five. Um, and it says in Matthew chapter five, verse 23, um, Jesus is speaking and he says, if you bring your gift to the altar, so this may like, if you're coming to worship God and while you're there, you remember that your brother has something against you 
Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. Um, And he gives another example and he says in verse 25, agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you to the officer and the officer throw you in prison. The point of what he's saying is this, is don't leave those things unresolved, especially when somebody else has something against you. Um, Just take that opportunity to go to them and just apologize for whatever your part is and forgive in your heart. And then really what happens with that is you're, it's kind of like the, uh, the old kill them with kindness type of thing. It says you're heaping <laughs> burning coals on their head, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So just pray about that. Just think about that, you know? Um, and, I will. And I am. Ask the Lord I to am. kind of give you some direction that, but for today, let me just, uh, let me pray for you and pray for this situation. And so, Um, Thank you. Lord, we come before you, and I just thank you for Elizabeth, Lord, and I thank you for her um, heart to to have things be smooth at her uh, workplace, Lord. I thank you that um, she wants to be, you know, reconciled with this coworker. She doesn't like the tension that's developed and the the bitterness that's built up between them. Lord, I pray that you would um, that you would break down that icy wall that's there. Lord, I pray that you would soften this other person's heart. Um, I pray that you would work in this situation and I pray that you would just miraculously work in this situation, Lord. I pray for Elizabeth in this, Lord. I pray that you would help her to be able to forgive um, and let go of those things that are hurting her about this, Lord, um, and entrust them to you, knowing that you you are a, a good and loving God and you will at the same time bring justice, Lord. And so I pray that you would uh, help her just to be able to, to, to come to that spot of true in her heart forgiveness for this person. And then out of that, Lord, I pray that you would bring reconciliation and that this would actually be something that just declares your glory on the other end of this, Lord. And so we um, put it in your hands and ask you just to move uh, in this situation, Lord. We also ask for um, everything going on just around, it's around the country, around the world, but in New Orleans specifically right now, Lord, as there is um, increased crime and lots of hurting people. We just pray uh, your hand over these things, Lord. I pray that this time would be uh, as much as it's kind of feels like it's getting dark in the world, Lord. I pray that it would be exactly um, just what we see, that it gets darkest right before the dawn, Lord, and that you would bring just a, um, a powerful move of your spirit and people would get saved through this difficulty, Lord, and people would turn to you. And so we ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you uh, for calling in, and I will be praying for you. I appreciate that more than you know. You all have a good evening. You too, Elizabeth. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Well, we are coming up on the break here in just a second, and so I know we've got one call on the line. Um, Just hold on there for a couple more minutes. If you would like to to call in with a question or a prayer request today, would love to chat with you. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Um, either way, would love to chat with you. Um, I am going to take a quick look at the text line and see if I can squeeze one of these in before we go to the break here. Um, let's see. There's a few texts here. 
Um, so Keith uh, texted in and asked for prayer um, as he is separated from his wife but would like reconciliation by God's grace. And I know that's a prayer that God would love to answer. It does take two willing participants to see that happen, but I believe this God can do. So um, Keith, let's come before the Lord and lift this up in prayer. Father, we come before you and um, we just pray for Keith right now and his wife, Lord, just as they are separated. I pray that you would bring healing and reconciliation in this relationship. Help them both to come um, to the place of being willing to work together. And would you just move? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stick around. We've got some great questions on the text line. We've got another line on the call uh, line as well. Would love to chat with you some more. And we will talk in just a couple minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello and welcome back to Calvary Live. I am your guest host today, Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Church in Vail, Colorado. So glad to be on the program with you. Uh, if you'd like to call in with a question, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Any questions or prayer requests you may have, you can also text those in at 720-336-0897. I know we have at least two open lines right now on the call-in line. Um, and so if you'd like to call in again, you can do that at 303-690-3000. And we have a lot of text uh, prayer requests and questions coming in today too. So we'll try to get to all of those if we can. Um, for now, I would like to go to Kim on line three. Kim from Georgia. Kim, how are you? I'm tired and stressed, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. So uh, what can we do for you today? I'm kind of relating to Elizabeth's story of workplace stress and anxiety. Um, just, I've been there for 25 years, and I recently had heart surgery and back at work, and I also have a torn rotator cuff that I've got to have surgery on. But they are continuing to pile more and more duties onto me. I'm the oldest person there, so I'm feeling discriminated against, but I'm just feeling a lot of anxiety about, you know, can I do the job? Um, why are they being so tough on me? And, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do, and I don't want to lose my job, but it's, it's, taking a toll on my health it's really i come home stressed every day i'm in pain i'm working while i'm in pain so i just need prayer not just for my health and and healing but for the people i work with to to have a heart and and show some compassion and empathy for me make some okay. changes i'm really not sure i don't i don't I don't know what needs to happen, but but I was listening to you coming home, 
and I said, I've got to, I've been waiting 25 minutes to talk to you, so I need your prayers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You called the right place. We're here to pray um, and to bring these things before the Lord, and I think that that's, that's a great thing to do, and God loves that heart that brings your prayers to Him. And actually, I don't know if you listened to the beginning part of the program, but um, I shared from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so I think just as Georgia, as you're dealing, I mean, Kim, as you're dealing with, um, with, with anxiety over this and stress over this, and you don't know how it's going to work out, I think prayer is the absolutely right thing to do. And I really believe that God will give you peace, whatever the resolution is. But uh, on that, I would say, uh, is this something that you have talked to your employer about at all? Have you brought this up to them? Yes, they are aware of it. I'm having to go through a lot of chain of command accommodations. Uh, I feel like they're probably going to try to convince me to take a leave of absence. Okay. Uh, therefore, I'll be losing money. But I also fear being let go, being fired, because I am on up in age. Uh, but I am a hard worker with very good ethic and have been loyal to the company for 25 years. I just don't, I'm not, that's not being reciprocated. And the manager is, um, yeah, just kind of like Elizabeth was saying, I, she, nice to everybody but me. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, you yeah. know, and that's not my problem. I pray for her. I don't know that she's saved. Uh, I asked her point blank, are you? And she said, well, I got baptized one time, which is we both know is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yes, yeah, you know, I, I, I pray for her. Um, yeah. And I pray for everybody that I work with daily, but that I'm still dealing with this. And I just feel like I need extra prayer and, you know, I'm trying to have patience, but I don't want this to wear me down to to the point of, you know, having a heart attack, dying over yeah. the stress of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's come together and bring this before the Lord. And I would just say, you know, um, don't be afraid to bring it up to them. And then I would say even in that, though, just uh, remembering that I think, like you said, praying for them, that's huge. That's a great, great thing to do. And I think of Matthew chapter five, and not that your coworkers or your boss or your enemies, that's not what I'm saying, but I say this, but it says, you know, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And I think just as you, as you walk through this and you pray and ask God just really to, to show his provision for you, which he will, you know, he says in Matthew 6 um, that he like cares for our every need and he will take care of you. Um, but just keep doing what you're doing there. Just keep pl- praying for them. Keep, keep blessing them. And, uh, but, but at the same time, if you're unable to do the job because of the pain that it's putting you in, it's, it's fair to ask 
what accommodations can be made. So let's come together before the Lord and just lift this up. So Father, we come before you right now and we just um, just ask for Kim. Lord, I pray that you would meet her in the situation. I pray that you would relieve her anxiety over this, Lord. I pray that you would remove those uh, worries about the future and fears about losing her job, Lord. And I pray that, that you would even just give her that peace that surpasses understanding, the peace that doesn't make any any sense, Lord, in this situation. And um, Lord, we ask you for an outcome that would be favorable for her, Lord. We ask you for an outcome that would give her the opportunity to keep her job and not be in pain while she's doing it. And um, Lord, I pray just for compassion and understanding from her, her employer and her supervisors, Lord, and I just pray for your favor in this whole thing. Lord, I pray that you would just show your glory through this. Um, and Lord, we, we trust you and we know that you have a uh, you know, a heart for good things for Kim, Lord, and you want to work through this for her. And so we just pray whatever that looks like, Lord, you might have a plan that is nothing like what she's thinking about and, and maybe even desiring, but we know that it'll be good because you are good. And so uh, we lift these things up to you and put them in your hands. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Nate. Yeah, thank you for calling in today. And as you continue to pray for me, if you would pray for the healing of my arm i'm gonna start physical therapy next week and hope that i can forego the surgery but mm. but you know nevertheless uh, i'm and i've even already asked god to just heal me so that i don't have to have surgery yeah. um but you know it's all in his time so um but yeah just keep me in prayer about that as well yeah absolutely i will for sure for sure all right. Well, thank you. Yep. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right. Well, you are listening to Calvary Live, and this is the radio call-in show where you can call for prayer or uh, get some questions answered if you've got questions uh, that have been kind of burning in your mind a little bit, and we would love to chat with you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have a question, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text your question or your prayer request into 720-336-0897. Once again, that phone number is 720-336-0897. Uh, would love to chat with you today. So we've got a couple calls on the line. I want to answer one quick text question before we move on to those. Um, and that is this. So someone texted in this. They said, I heard a pastor talk about how we should not be unequally yoked in our business. Does that mean we shouldn't do business with non-Christians? Um, so let's let's unpack this question just a little bit, this idea of being unequally yoked. Um, there's... There, well, there's two sides of this because doing business could mean partnering with somebody in business or it could mean selling something to somebody else. Um, I think it's fairly clear from the context of Scripture that it's not talking about uh, dealing with non-Christians in terms of like if you're a, if you're a builder, uh, not doing homes for people who are not Christians or if you own a, a grocery store not selling groceries to non-Christians. That's not what this is talking about. In fact, that would be uh, a, a bad witness for the Lord to not be willing to 
you know, sell to people just because they're not a believer or do work with actually the best opportunity would be to then actually take that job so that you can witness to that person. Um, so I don't believe that's what this is talking about, but I don't even think that's the question that's being asked. I think the question is, should I not have an unchristian, a non-Christian business partner? Um, and I think that's a very fair question. And what this idea of being unequally yoked means is a very fair question. Um, this comes from Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 16 says this, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell with them in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So the idea of being yoked means that the picture comes from two oxen being strapped up to a cart. So the two oxen would have a yoke between them that connects around their necks. And as the two oxen push together and work together, they're pulling that cart that's behind them. And so being unequally yoked definitely means working together towards a common goal. Um, so being a business partner would absolutely qualify towards being yoked together with someone. And so um, I, for one, would follow this advice and say that it's not wise to be unequally yoked in business with someone that is not a believer. Does that mean that you don't invest your money in a business that has a non-Christian owner? I don't think that's necessarily what this is saying. Um, but I would not start a business with a non-believer. In fact, I know uh, several Christians who have done this. They've started a business with a non-believer, even having read this and being like, well, I'm going to do this anyways, and then had massive kind of fallouts later down the road because the values of someone who is not a follower of Christ are drastically different from the values of someone who is a follower of Christ. And you will have a breakdown in that relationship at some point if you're trying to work together. And this is what this scripture is saying. It's what communion does light have with darkness? And what uh, part does a believer have with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with a temple of idols? See, you're going in a different direction than that person. And so you can't be traveling together if you're going in different directions. You have to picture like two oxen strapped up to a cart and they're both trying to go in different directions. What's going to happen? The cart's going to get pulled apart. That's what happens when we unequally yoke together with unbelievers. Now, this could be in business. This also could be in relationships like a, a, a dating or a marriage relationship. And all too often I see believers uh, marrying or being unequally yoked together with unbelievers in relationship uh, like a romantic relationship, and it's not something that I would say that a Christian should do. And I think it's not just me. This is really the Lord. You should not, if you're listening right now and you're dating a non-believer or you're engaged to a non-believer, I think this scripture applies to you. Don't be unequally yoked together with a non-believer. It's not in your best interest. And I know that's hard to hear that because you're thinking, well, this person is in my best interest. I love this person. I care about them. But I could give you the phone numbers of five to 10 people right now that would tell you, please don't do it. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to mess things up for you. There's a reason that God gives us these commands, not just so that we don't have fun, but to protect us and to preserve us. And so um, I think it applies for business. It applies for relationships. 
Um, and I think it's something that we would do well to heed, to listen to that command, to not be unequally yoked. Now, you could take this too far and say, you know, something ridiculous, um, but I, I think that really what it's talking about is individuals working together towards a common goal, um, really that picture of being strapped up to a cart together with somebody. And you don't want to do that with somebody that's going in a different direction than you are. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. Hopefully that gave you some insight into what that means and where that saying comes from, because that's actually a, a Bible verse, not just a quote. So uh, once again, if you'd like to call with a question or you'd like to text us, you can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you could call 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. So we've got a couple calls on the line. Um, would love to chat with you. Um, let's go to Gerald on line two. Hello. Ger Hi, Gerald. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Shalom. Welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So um, my question is, um, it's about the Sabbath. Because uh, Jesus said that um, he came to, he didn't come to replace the law, but to fulfill it. And, uh, you know, me being a videographer, I, most of my business is on Saturdays. So I was wondering, does that still pertain to us? Or is it, are, are we saved by faith alone? Yeah. Gerald, that is a great, great question. And I would, I'm, I'm very glad you called with this question, actually. This is a really relevant question. Um, and I'll just present that there, there are a couple different positions out there. Um, some people believe that you have to keep the Sabbath and you have to keep it on Saturday and you can't do anything. Some people believe that, you, um, that keeping the Sabbath is not important at all. You can do whatever you want to do on whatever day you want. Um, and I would say that a biblical New Testament answer falls in between those two positions. So... Um, I'll explain what that means, but really there's two things. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Um, and so the idea of the Sabbath is entering into rest, right? It's entering into rest, to ceasing from work. That's actually what the original Sabbath was in Genesis chapter 2. It was that God rested on the seventh day from all the work which he made. That was Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. Um, now the, the, the thought that kind of came after that in the commandments and whatnot was that we would honor that, uh, as we keep it holy to the Lord. So there's a couple parts of this that I think are important for us to understand. Um, the question of, do we need to keep the Sabbath as in, we need to take every Saturday off because that's the Sabbath day and we should actually go to church on the Sabbath, not on Sunday. I don't believe that that's a biblical concept. Um, in fact, I, I, I don't think that that's something we see in Scripture. Paul actually says in Colossians to not let anyone judge you in regards to Sabbath days or new moon festivals or all these things. He says these things are just shadows. These are shadows that point to the reality that is Christ. And so the Sabbath actually points us to Jesus Christ. 
um, because we find our rest from work in Jesus Christ. And so um, the picture of the Sabbath is actually a foreshadowing of what comes in Jesus Christ, because before Christ, we're having to work in order to be saved and not able to ever do it, right? We, we couldn't be saved by what we could do. No work was ever going to be good enough. Um, but in the New Testament, we see Christ as our Sabbath rest. He is our Sabbath. Um, and so that's from a theological standpoint. No, you don't have to keep the Sabbath because we receive that rest through our relationship in Jesus Christ. But on a practical standpoint, I would say that taking a Sabbath is a good and God-honoring and just wise thing to do. Now, does that Sabbath need to be on Saturday? I don't believe so. Uh, does it need to be on Sunday? I don't believe so. It could be any day of the week. Um, for you, you said you're a videographer? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, I think the fact that you're working on Saturdays, it's like, okay, I work on the day that is traditionally the Sabbath, but Christ is my Sabbath rest. And so um, I need to make sure that I have a, a Sabbath that I really get that opportunity to rest and focus on my relationship with the Lord and grow in Him. Um, so for you, maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it is Sunday and it's, you know, I go to church on Sunday and I uh, spend time resting in the Lord on Sunday. Um, see, we see, we see a lot of people take this really down a legalistic path that leads to um, emptiness, really. I mean, there's even, there was a, a group of uh, ultra-Orthodox rabbis that their building burned down because they were concerned that picking up the phone to call the fire department broke the Sabbath uh, in terms of work. And so by the time they finally sorted this out and asked the rabbi, it was too late and the building burned down. Now, how does that honor God or keep the Sabbath? It doesn't, right? Um so we have to be careful about letting the rules of these types of things uh, become legalism and not actually the heart of the intent. And the heart of the intent of the Sabbath is man, you and I, finding rest. And our rest is found in Jesus. Um, so this is what it actually speaks in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 and 11. It's, it speaks to Jesus being our Sabbath rest. And this is what it says in verse 9 through 11. He says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will be fall by following their example of disobedience. And as he's talking in this chapter, he's talking about this rest being provided by Christ. It's not provided by us taking a day off. It's provided by the person of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that satisfies the requirements of the law, and he's the only one that provides the sacrifice that atones for our sin. And so we cease working and we rest by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. Uh, and the reason why I wanted—this this question has been on my mind for a while is because like the past two months I've been really gravitating to, to, to God and my faith so far that I've even bought in a shofar— um, I, I do, like, the Hebrew morning and evening prayers, and I'm just trying to connect with Jesus' culture. And yeah. so there, there comes the Sabbath as well. I'm like, wait a minute. So I don't want to do—I don't want to have one foot in and one foot out, you know? I want to do everything 
correctly in the eyes of the Lord. I want to mess up. So yeah. yeah. So you really did bring some peace of mind and you brought some clarity. I do appreciate your time. Yeah. Now, and I would say, Gerald, I think that, you know, just because the Sabbath is made for the man, I think, I think that it is a principle that we should keep, but it doesn't, uh, there's nothing in the new Testament that tells us that we have to do that on a Saturday. In fact, the early church met on the first day of the week, which was a Sunday. And so, um, I think just the, 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 the heart behind it for you is making sure that you take time for your relationship with the Lord and making sure that you take time to rest. Because I know when you're, if you're a videographer, I don't know if it's your own business or not, but it is, I've, it is. yeah, I've had my own business and I worked 80 hours a week sometimes, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. and, and it can be really hard and it's hard to take a rest when you have your own business because you think if I don't work, I don't make money. But here's yeah. what I would say. If you choose to, to make a Sabbath, I'm not, it, I don't know, I don't believe that it needs to be on a Saturday. In fact, I think you could, you know, pick whatever day you want. Um, but I think God will bless that rest that you take as well. So, yeah, I used to do it on Sundays, like, because just like you said, I go to church and then I wouldn't cut my grass. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't edit my videos on Sundays. I would just wait until it was like 11:59 to then start editing overnight. If I had to do something that's due for Monday. So, so then again, what like I said, what, I've been pursuing uh, more of a, a tightening of my bond with the culture of, of like the Hebrew culture, even though we're, we're, we're drafted in, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gentile, but still I wanted to be connected. That was the question. I'm like, wait, is it keeping us Sabbath on Sunday even a thing? Am I messing up? So yeah, again, I do appreciate it because now I understand and I will look into Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. I'll really dig into that one. I'll probably even have Bible study in my house with that one. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in. Have a great day. Shalom. God bless you. All right. Well, we are coming up close on the end of the program here. Um, it's been a great hour of discussion. Glad to be on the program with you today again. I am Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Church in Vail, Colorado, uh, filling in for Pastor Ed today. We might be able to take one more call if somebody wants to try to squeeze in. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that's 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. I'm going to take a look here at the text line. We had lots of text messages come in today, so I'm sorry if I don't get to all of your texts. Um, but let's see here. Can you pray for me and my family? My unsaved brother committed suicide and has a memorial service coming up. I want them coming to hear the gospel and come to Jesus. And my name is Jasmine. Okay, Jasmine, I'm so sorry to hear about that with your brother. Um, I'm so sorry that you're going through that and your family is going through that. And I definitely, definitely want to pray for this situation um, and pray that, that God will stir the hearts of your family members through this. There is a, um, a book that I would recommend for you, Jasmine, and for your family, and it's by Pastor Greg Laurie, um, and it's called Hope for Hurting Hearts. So you can check that out. You can find it on Amazon, Hope for Hurting Hearts by Pastor Greg Laurie. Um, that's a great way to just give some love to somebody in your family that whether they're a believer or not, it's a great little encouragement book. And I think for those who are not believers, it's a great way to share God's love with them. So let's pray right now though. So Lord, we come before you and we lift up Jasmine and her family to you. We pray um, just for 
your comfort and your peace in this time of grief and mourning, Lord, and what a, a heartbreaking thing to be going through. Would you meet them, Lord? Would you show your love to them in this circumstance? Would you uh, just reveal your power to them in this circumstance, Lord? I pray for those who don't know you, that they would uh, examine their own hearts, Lord, and turn to you as a result of this, Lord. And I pray um, for Jasmine that you would just show her how she can love them well and how she can um, come alongside them and point them to you, Lord. And so we lift this up to you and we pray for the memorial service and we just ask you um, just to move in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, let's see here. Anything else coming up on here on the text line? Um, let's see. Is long hair on a man okay? Could you direct me to that first and explain it? So I'm, I'm going to run out of time here to answer that question. Um, but I think that there are um, a couple thoughts on this. Is long hair on a man okay? This is a culturally defined construct, uh, speaking of hair on a person. Is long hair okay? Or is it not? Um, I think that if you are in a culture where long hair on a man is viewed as inappropriate, and there are some cultures that that is the case, then as a believer, I wouldn't choose to do that because I don't want to compromise my witness in the gospel of Christ. In America, um, there might be individuals who feel like long hair on a man is inappropriate, but it's not actually a culturally accepted belief that long hair is inappropriate on a man, at least anymore. There was that in the, in the 1950s leading into the 1960s, but that's not the case anymore. Um, as far as getting into the scriptures of that, I think it would take a little bit more time than we have today to really dig into that. But uh, we don't see a mandate for a length of hair that men must have in the scriptures. Um, so I uh, hope that answers your question a little bit. But we are coming up on the end of the program. So thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening in. I'm glad to be able to be with you filling in for Pastor Ed. I'm going to be filling in a bit more here in the coming weeks. So I look forward to being on the line with you and uh, answering any questions that I can and praying with you guys. So thanks for listening in today. Hope you have a great evening. Tune back in tomorrow for Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.